With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. It's season two of Project Distinct, the podcast that shows you how to make your efforts stand out so you can move up. Discover what it takes to grow your business and yourself with best-selling author and member of the Sales and Marketing Hall of Fame and the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame, Scott McCain. All right, here's something no one wants to admit, and I don't want to admit it either, but I got to confess, I've been guilty of it. Maybe you have been too. I've been a bad boss. There are times, and, and I, I can practically in my headphones hear my staff laughing right now, but there have been times in the past that I have been a less than stellar employer. There have been times in the past I have been a long distance from perfect when I've tried to manage my teams, whether it was at the college that I worked at, whether it was a radio station where I had folks reporting to me, whether it was in other businesses that I've been involved in in all very different types of industries, whether it is the business I have now as a coach, author, consultant, professional speaker. So, yeah, there's been times I've been a bad boss. So what are some of the things, if you've ever made that mistake like I have, what are some of the things that you need to avoid if you don't want to be a bad boss? That's what we're looking at today on today's Project Distinct, and it's brought to you by the Ultimate Business Summit. Hey, we'll help you be a better boss there at the Ultimate Business Summit. Just come join us in Las Vegas. It's a day and a half of intensive work to help make your business 10% better. Get this, over 90% of the people that have attended come back for more because it's growing their business. It's helping them professionally and personally. Not only do you have intense personal conversations and coaching and help from Larry Winget, Randy Pennington, and me, all Hall of Fame professional speakers, all best-selling authors, but the sharing that goes on with other entrepreneurs is absolutely spectacular. That's why people keep coming back, because it works. You need to find that out for yourself. Come join us at the Ultimate Business Summit. Just go to ultimatebusinesssummit.com. If you register, just enter the coupon code SCOTT. It'll get you $100 off your registration. Coupon code SCOTT, my first name, when you sign up to come join us in Las Vegas in August for the Ultimate Business Summit. So I read a blog post from Linda LaFon. She is the senior content marketing manager at a company called Kanunu. Now, I got to tell you, I, I was unaware of Kanunu. But what it is, is a company that helps you attract more qualified candidates to your organization because it helps you create your company story to make it more visible, which in turn helps your brand, which in turn helps you get more engaged employees and more connected candidates. So the terrific thing that they're doing, and I wanted to share with you this article that she posted called Bad Management Styles to Avoid If You Want to Retain Your Employees. And she says here, even great managers make mistakes sometimes, that's okay. But if you adopt an overarching management style that has difficulty, it will drive away great employees, and it also makes it harder to recruit. So here are the management styles. There's five of them 
that she says are very, very difficult to deal with. See if any of these have been your mistakes or my mistakes in the past and some of the things we could do to correct it. Number one is know-it-all management. She says here that know-it-alls make terrible leaders, and if a person needs to be right every time, all the time, even when they're wrong, they are just not equipped to be a good manager. See, the problem is that not only do know-it-alls feel that their knowledge is superior to everyone else's knowledge, they also at times reject perfectly valid arguments and perspectives in favor of their own. What do they do? Well, when it doesn't work out right, they take their issues out on employees in the form of distrust and unwillingness to listen to new ideas, which means that employees don't solve problems on their own and they're not motivated to do their best work. So know-it-all management is the number one mistake that she talks about in terms of management styles. The second one she talks about is assume the worst management. That's what it looks like, she says, when you have a leader who's pessimistic and overly focused on the negatives in every situation, the result is it prevents innovation, engagement, and success because your team members don't feel valued, trusted, or rewarded for their initiative and drive. Now, I agree with this. I want to make the point, though, that in my recent book, Iconic, I talk about the importance of going negative. In other words, drilling deeply into what's going wrong so we can fix the process rather than just placate individual customers it doesn't mean we assume the worst to begin with, but it does mean that we have a positive approach to negativity. By that, I mean we are seeking out the negative so we can root it out of our organization, out of our processes, so that we can deliver the best. Because, as she says here, when managers come to work with the assumption that their employees have the will and the desire to succeed, they will, right? The assume the worst manager thinks employees are selfish, lazy, and only willing to do things their way, so they manage them according to that assumption. Third one, this is the one that causes me the most trouble, I'll be honest, micromanagement. Micromanagers are those who are ever-present, overseeing, guiding, and directing projects and people all day long. They want to be involved in every decision. Whew. That's the one that's tough for me, right? I, I'm excited about what we do, and I love what we do, and I want to be engaged with my team and engaged with what we do. And the problem is I need to back off and let good people do great work, right? The problem is that employees can't function freely under such restrictive pressure. So over time, they feel stifled, they lose some of their creative juices, and they don't continue to be thoughtful in terms of decision-making. And as we've had happen, they just simply get exhausted by that, which means it's just a matter of time before they want to quit. So stop micromanaging telling myself that as much as you. Number four, autocratic management. We, gosh, I had a boss this way. My way or the highway. We used to joke he posted a sign. He didn't do that, but it was our joke. He posted a sign in the break room that said, when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. <laughs> autocratic managers implement decisions and ideas from the top down rather than taking employee feedback from other levels of the organization, she writes. In addition, she says, quote, it's almost impossible for employees to grow, develop, and feel confident in their role under this type of management because they aren't a meaningful part of decisions that impact them, and therefore they feel disconnected. So we all know probably what it's like to work for that autocratic boss, and that's the one we can't wait to leave. But the fifth one and the final one is the one that she writes about that I found most intriguing and, and in fact, kind of surprising, overly friendly management. 
She writes here, you might think that being a friendly manager makes it more likely for employees to stay longer, but it's not necessarily the case. In fact, she writes, if managers are too friendly with employees, the lines of authority blur and confusion about expectations arise. And I've worked in that situation too. It's not that you don't respect your manager when they're overly friendly, but it is that your expectations change. They, they can't help but alter a bit when you have a manager that would rather be your friend than your manager. We see this with parents all the time. The parents would rather be friends with their kids rather than their parents. And then we see those who say, look, you can have a lot of friends, but you're only going to have two parents, and we're going we're gonna to fulfill that role. See, in worst-case scenario, she writes, overly friendly managers don't give their employees the structured support and the clear professional expectations that they need to thrive as individual contributors. I've made that mistake, too. There's another one. I just assume because we're friends that they're going to understand what I want from them by osmosis, I guess. I mean, that's that's a challenge I had to overcome. I wanted everybody to like me, particularly in the situation I was in earlier in my life where most of the people, many of the people at least, that were reporting to me were older than I. And therefore, I wanted them to like me when what I really should have been was their manager. So all of these contribute to challenges that we have in retaining employees. And, and we all know that if we retain our best people, it attracts more great people. So the five, once again, are know-it-all management, assume-the-worst management, micromanagement, autocratic management, and overly friendly management. Now, look, you probably haven't had any of these problems, but maybe you know someone who does, like someone you see in the mirror. <laughs> Just consider them, think about them, and think about what you can do to improve your management style so that you can help create distinction for your team and for your organization in the future. Well, that's it for me for today for Project Distinct. I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing at the podcast as we continue to grow in listeners and grow in numbers. That's, that's so fantastic. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you tomorrow on another new Project Distinct. You've been listening to the podcast to help you create distinction so you can stand out and move up. Project Distinct with Scott McCain. To have Scott become your virtual coach and to discover more distinctive resources, Check out distinctionnation.com for free videos, posts, and more. To have Scott personally deliver his message at your next event, go to scottmccain.com. Please share today's message on social media and make sure to subscribe to Project Distinct on your favorite podcast app. We will see you tomorrow with another episode of Project Distinct. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.